I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Caged In Podcast, podcast where me, your host, Petrus Patsilovus, will be watching every single Nicolas Cage film, if you haven't guessed by now. Um, Nicolas Cage won't be the only actor to do, this is just for season 1, already got ideas for season 2, but that's a long way off yet guys, so I'm not going to go into that before, yeah, before we get into this week's episode, which will be the 1984 film Birdie. Just got to do a little bit of housekeeping, a little bit of admin. Keep up to date, guys, with the podcast on the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at CagedInPod. You can email me, CagedInPod at gmail.com. Um, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. That would be great at the moment. Not got enough reviews to have an average score. Not looking good. It'd be amazing. Five star ratings and a little review. Say what you think about the podcast. That'd be amazing, guys. Like, I'm not trying to top any charts. I'd like to be featured a little. That'd be pretty cool. Like, but we'll get there one day, maybe. Um, other things want to like mention is the DVD Amnesty, Nicholas Cage DVD, DVD Amnesty, guys. Uh, so far I've bought 43 Nicholas Cage films on DVD. I've got a whole shelf dedicated to it. I've posted a couple of photos recently showing the DVDs I've got. Uh, I got paid today, so I'm probably going to go on eBay and buy a shitload more. Because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, yeah, so with the Amnesty, any DVD, unwanted Nicolas Cage DVDs you've got, if you want to donate them to me for free, that would be amazing. Uh, email me at gagedinpod uh, at gmail.com. Sorry, confused myself there by saying at... And obviously, at is in an email address anyway. Or obviously, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Y'all know the deal. Um, another couple of things I've got come, uh, going on is... On my SoundCloud page, which... Search the Caged In Podcast on SoundCloud. And you'll be able to find a acapella version of the theme song. Which 
premiered on episode four for the Cotton Club. Yeah, so they were the acapella. Uh, I'm asking people just for a bit of fun if they want the remix or re-edit the intro in any way. The stupider the better, really. Um, I've recorded a little one, just me and a ukulele. I've recorded a couple of others as well, a couple of stupid ones that I probably will drop in now and then. I'd just like to have a variety, really, of different theme songs and stuff like that. Just to mix it up, keep it fun, keep it interesting. Probably keep the same lyrics. I don't know, maybe the more insane I go, the more insane the theme songs may become. May just become me wailing the lyrics to it, or just like me crying free, (laughs) trying to get through the song that is... The theme song to this podcast. Um, before we get into it, I want to give a massive shout out to um, those movie guys podcast who, yeah, <laughs> they seem to really be digging it. It's like two got two American guys. Just it's amazing for me to think that people on the other side of the world are listening to this stupid idea. I've got let alone like it, and they had some like they had some really nice words to say and like yeah check those guys out on um itunes and stitcher i'm trying to get them on acast a little bit of a selfish thing because i haven't got an iphone i know how uncool of me i don't want to have too many apps on i use acast like acast got loads of really cool content i'm not sponsored by acast so i'm not gonna give a little advert even though if acast do want to sponsor me that would be great. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's roll on with the theme music. And after that, we'll get into the ridiculous nature of Nicolas Cage. Feels like I've been awake for days. Watching film star Nicolas Cage. Could be shit or it could be fun. Valley girl face off an army of one. Deadful Cornell, Lord of War, The Wicker Man, Trespass, and so many more. Know how it starts, I don't know how it ends. The first ten are solo, then it's me and some friends. No distractions, no expectations. Over the weeks, hear my frustrations. I guess the podcast is about to begin. I'm your host, Petra Plasilevis, and I'm caged in. So guys, let's get down to business. Let's roll on with this ting. Um, I know little information about this film. All I know is it's called Birdie. It was released in 1984. Uh, starring Matthew Modine as the titular character. And it's got a main man, Nicolas Cage, as the character Al. The soundtrack was done by Peter Gabriel. You know him? He did this song. I wanna be And it's directed by Alan Parker. Add a little bit of a Wikipedia of Alan Parker. He's got an eclectic range of films in his back catalogue. We've got Angela's Asses, Fame, Bugsy Malone, Avita, Pink Floyd's The Wall, The Commitments, Midnight Express, and Angel Heart. Pretty sure Angel Heart's pretty nuts. Uh, I think it's Robert De Niro plays a character called Louis Cipher. I think you guys can figure out who he's actually meant to be. So yeah, 
Those of you who don't know, haven't listened before, I follow a few rules, and those rules are no distractions, no expectations. So what does that mean? That means I'm not going to look at my phone. It's a really hot day. It's a really nice day here in sunny old Brighton. And I'm sat in the dark to watch this film. Not just for me, guys. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for your enjoyment. Yeah, it's not really for my enjoyment. Like, I'd much prefer to be out sinking a couple of cold ones. But I said I was going to do this. I'm going to do this. All in the name of entertainment and science or some... Yeah, something like that. Um... (laughs) Um, where was I? Um, yeah. So no, no distractions. Nothing, nothing. I turn my phone on airplane mode every time I watch a film. Um, I feel really bad. My girlfriend is currently ill, and I feel like she she's gone out to sit in the park. I feel slightly guilty. I feel like. She's doing that because of me, because I said I wanted to record this podcast. Probably should be looking after her. I'm a fucking terrible person. That's something I need to um, come to terms with on my own time and not on your time. That's for a totally different podcast. (laughs) And yeah, no expectations. So what I mean by that is, if I've never seen the film... I'm not going to read up about it. I'm not going to look at anything like this film. I know very little about. All I know is Cisco and Ebert gave it two thumbs up. I only know that because I edited a little poster for the promo of this episode. And I'll use it for the iTunes and Acast little thumbnail. And that's a quote on the poster. Uh, Obviously, I know that Matthew Modine and... Nicholas Cage are in it because I saw their faces on the poster and I know Alan Parker directed it because it comes up when you Google that, it comes up right at the top. I purposely didn't read any of the synopsis or anything like that. I haven't looked at any reviews. Obviously, it's going Ebert, yep. That is a review of some sort, but I don't know. I don't know what this film is about. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to expect, and I enjoy that aspect of this because I don't know what to expect of my mental state or anything like that. I don't know what to expect from Nicolas Cage going through this whole ordeal. So, in that regards, I'm. Yeah, I like I like that I put that in place. And another rule I have is the first 10 episodes of this podcast are solo. So by that, it's me. It's just a little old me going through hell on my own. Um, I often find it quite hard to just talk on my own. It's quite unnatural. I imagine a lot of you can probably relate to that, but... I don't know, I feel like I'm getting better, obviously, if you feel like I'm doing otherwise, tweet me, Facebook me, Instagram me, at Caged in Pod. <laughs> and um, after that, I'll be getting guests in, um, I've had a chat with a few different people, they're up for it, chatted to a few different other podcasts, 
they're up for it. I've done some blue sky thinking and tried to reach out to some people who I don't know who have some notoriety in what they do. I got politely declined by one of them, a certain soon fast becoming podcast legend, Scroobius Pip. Really nice of him to email me back and say didn't have the time to do it hopefully if I politely pester him maybe in the future I could try and get him on don't hold your breath though guys um, last week did cinema snacks this week I ain't having cinema snacks because I'm holding out for dinner because that's the kind of guy I am don't want to ruin the dinner. I might, I don't know, got some roses here on the table or a couple of dime bars or dame bars. I don't know what to call them. When I was a kid, they're called dime bars. They had a name change. I've always called them dime. I haven't really adjusted to the change. Maybe that says more about me than anything. Um, so, yeah, sorry, guys. No cinema snack. Not that you probably care. Um, so I'm going to watch the film now, I'm going to kick my feet back, going to turn my phone off, and get raging with Cage. Welcome back guys, so I actually watched this film on Friday, I'm recording this part now on Monday, it's the Cajun podcast first, I've let the film sink in a few days, um, it's time constraints, didn't really have time to record it but I feel like it was a good thing that I left it a few days because it's a bit of a bit of an odd one, it's a um, post-Vietnam set drama I don't thematically all over the place and we'll get into a lot of that um as the podcast goes on it kind of has two timelines so we kind of have this pre-Vietnam and a post-Vietnam timeline uh, and it kind of cuts back and forth I'll let you guys know when that's kind of happening as I do a rundown of the film we'll do the rundown and then we'll talk more in detail about Cage's performance and get some little quotes in there from the film, get some clips. Yeah, we'll see how... We've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about in this one. So the film like starts off inside a hospital, and we see Matthew Modine, who's playing the titular character, Birdie, um, just sat in... Yeah, sat in his room, and then it cuts to um, someone being wheeled down a hallway on a gurney, like a hospital bed, and... Turns out to be our main man, Nicolas Cage. Uh, he's beaten up. He kind of has this... Gets bandaged up and looks like the Phantom of the Opera. Looks pretty creepy. And then, um, yeah, we see him on a train going somewhere. We don't really know where. He's uh, had some creepy interaction with uh, a little kid. And um, then it kind of cuts back. So, yeah, this is the first time we get a look um, pre-Vietnam. 
and we have Cage playing baseball with looks like a load of eight-year-olds and he looks about 30 at this point so um yeah i'm not sure about the cut like how old he's supposed to be you don't really you don't really get to know a lot and stuff like that like the age of the characters so it's another weird yes yeah, kind of a running 80s theme you don't really know how old anyone is <laughs> um then we see the first of many scenes of Nicolas Cage tearing a girl up. <laughs> the first time uh, this happens is under bleachers. Real standard fare in like high school movies and stuff like that. This is proper hitting it on the nail. Um, and his brother comes up to him and says that someone's stolen his knife. That turns out to be Birdie. They have a bit of a scuffle over the knife. Turns out that the knife wasn't stolen by Birdie, but he bought it off someone who had stolen it. Um, this is where we get the inception of their relationship as friends. Birdie carries around a pigeon in a cage, and Cage asks him about it, and he says he's going to turn them into carrier pigeons. So he says to him, hey, how about I help you out, and we'll start, we'll start catching pigeons together then we get this mo- we get this montage kind of like it's a rom- kind of a romantic montage of them two hanging out hunting down pigeons like looks like points are gonna kiss like i tell you it's yeah it's kind of this bromance and um it's topped off at the end with a scene where birdie shows um cage uh his character's name is al shows him a suit he's been making that looks like a pigeon and (laughs) i couldn't help but laugh when i saw this because it looked like a shit superhero uh costume uh (laughs) the two of them then take like take the suits wear them and try and catch pigeons at a construction site um things go south when birdie like falls off of the top of the construction site and is hanging off the edge and cage is losing his shit he's like ah fuck um yeah he's worried the birdie's gonna fall this is the first time that you see birdie is not hinged he is unhinged guys he decides to just jump off of the uh construction site and lands on a sand mound again cage losing his shit runs down after him kind of hugs him looks quite a tender moment again i thought they were going to kiss like i wasn't sure at this point if kind of that was going to be the um that was going to be one of the reveals in the film turns out the reveal is a lot weirder um then the next scene we get is back in the hospital post vietnam birdies in his cell cage turns up so this is where he was going on the train journey he speaks to the doctor he's kind of introduced kind of he's there to find out if birdie is compass mentis really if he understands what is going on because after the war he just went rogue, disappeared for like a month, and then when he's come back, he's just sat in his room, kind of scrunched up, 
holding his knees, not saying anything, not doing anything, almost bird-like. And then it cuts back, we're back pre-Vietnam and Birdie is in hospital, but this time after the aftermath of when he fell off the construction site. And then we see Birdie and Al having a chat and we find out that all the pigeons they had collected had been destroyed and killed by Birdie's mum because she was concerned about what he's doing. Obviously, she she can see that he's unhinged. We can see that he's unhinged. Cage is loving it. He's just he's still hanging out. He finds it hilarious. <laughs> we see a scene as well of Cage reading out and laughing about Bertie jumping off of the construction site. Then we just get more stuff of their friendship developing. They go to a junkyard and buy a car that they intend to fix up, um, which they do, and there's a conversation about the beach, and Birdie says, I've never seen the sea. Uh, The scene is them sat in the car pretending to drive, and then he's like... Oh, where would you go? And he's like, I'd go to the beach. And then Birdie reveals, yeah, I've never, I've never seen, I've, I've, I've never been to the beach. So they go. Cage's idea is he wants to go there, check out the fine honeys in their swimsuits. Birdie has totally different ideas. And then we <laughs> cut to Birdie holding his breath um, under, yeah, as long as he can. Cage getting pissed off. He wants to be checking out the girls. It's getting late. He wants to go to the fun fair. Cut to the fun fair. Cage is riding the roller coaster. Girl on each arm, like a true player. And Birdie is stood in the carriage behind them with his arms in the air, like he's trying to fly. Again, unhinged, guys. <laughs> now we get Cage Perv Watch episode two here he is titting up and well he's shagging a girl underneath the pier whilst birdie has possibly the most awkward conversation i've ever seen (laughs) with a girl it kind of portrays the fact that he has no real interest or doesn't really know how to speak to women um the girl gets weirded out pulls her friend off of cage and says we're out of here i'm done with this creep cage ain't happy he ain't busted a nut so (laughs) he ain't happy uh and then we get a speech which uh from my notes i've just entitled tits speech which i think may be included in the cage quotes this week so we'll go into a lot more detail about that scene later on in the podcast um after yeah after this speech they're approached by a police officer who asks them about the car they say yeah it's theirs they're fucking arrested um they're bailed out of prison by cage's dad in the film cage gives uh get <laughs> to which cage's dad gives him a smack in the face uh rightly so the kid's not old enough to drive. He's technically stolen a car that's in his dad's name. 
but it kind of gives you an insight into the relationship that he has with his dad. He's scared of his dad. He won't stand up to his dad at all. Um, ne- yeah, and then we're flash forward to post-Vietnam in the hospital. Cage is inside of Birdie's cell trying to talk to him and says to him that you are finally a bird. And that's like a really quick scene. A lot of these scenes that are set like post-Vietnam are quite quick and you don't really you don't really get like it's kind of it's kind of setting up things that are coming and obviously showing you yeah, giving you that real juxtaposition to how they are before the war and how they are afterwards. Um Next we have a scene of Birdie going to what looks like an old folks home but turns out to be uh, where he buys a yellow canary and then talks to Al about what happened to the car and finds out that his dad had sold the car. So he goes around there and confronts him. Real out of character from what you know of Birdie so far. He's kind of awkward and doesn't really know how to hold himself. But this is a real... 360, no, because that's exactly the same. It's a 180 in how he's been perceived so far. He's yelling at his dad. He's saying, if you if you can't get the car back, you tell me who you sold it to, and I'll go around there. I can't quite remember if it's voiceover or it's said in the film, but Cage's character kind of is really surprised and... He's like, I could have never stood up to my dad like that. He kind of really respects Birdie for doing so. It then cuts back to Cage inside of Birdie's cell. And the door is locked and he loses his shit. Literally loses his shit that he can't get out. What happens? They just let him out. Um, Yeah, he's flying off the handle left, right and centre in this. Um, And next we see him having a nightmare about the war. Kind of getting insight into what might have happened to him and um he then gets he then has an interview again with the head doctor at the institute um where it seems like he's under question about his mental stability where he's questioned about a fight he had in Saigon and he has problems with authority figures and stuff of that nature um yeah and then he's back the next day to to meet Birdie again, try he keeps trying to get him out of his funk. Like the guy is going ape shit. Like he's just kind of sitting about his cell. Like you see a scene of him like naked, hunched up on top of the bed frame, looking weird as shit. Um, then. Another flashback. Yeah, Key's flashing back and forth. This time we see Birdie talking about birds at school. Kind of has this cool um, model that he's made that is flying about the room as he's speaking to everyone. And we see a female classmate kind of interested, thinking like, I don't know what she's thinking. She's like, but Al says to him, hey, I think that girl's interested in you. Like, maybe you should make a move. But you can definitely see that Birdie, he's just not interested. Like, he's got other things on his mind. He is literally obsessed 
with birds. Um, Birdie then goes and talks to his dad, who happens to be the janitor of the school he goes to. Very convenient. Um, about getting a male canary, because the canary he had got before was female, and he would like to breed them. Um, I thought at some points in this film he might want to breed with them. I've got a note here from a moment earlier in the film when he goes to buy the uh, first canary. Does he want to fuck birds? I think he does. <laughs> but that might be my weird reading of the film. I don't know. There's some stuff coming up that may lead us to believe that is the case. Um, so, yeah, he gets his yellow, he gets his male canary and his obsession with birds continues. Him and Al have a workout. Al is kind of doing your classic pumping iron birdie on the other hand is laying like on his stomach on a bench pretending to fly he's he's flapping his arms like their wings and we see this is all leading up to a flying device he's made like wing devices made that they attach to the back of a bike at the junkyard and yeah, Cage rides his bike as fast as he can with Birdie on the back. Uh, Birdie comes off, flies. He does fly on this device. Uh, I don't fucking believe it. I don't think that would happen. But he does. But he lands straight in a junkyard puddle. It's fucking gross. Now we're back in the hospital and... Cage thinks that Birdie smiles. This is like the whole point he's there. He's trying to convince the doctors that Birdie is sane. And the doctor just doesn't believe him. He thinks, no, it's not a reaction. A smile is not a reaction. It could be... could be anything. It could just... It's not a reaction to a joke. And then Cage convinces the Doctor that one of the things that might get him out of it is that Birdie feels guilty about his mum taking all the baseballs that the kids used to hit into their backyard when they were kids. Um, And then he goes around the hospital and sees all the patients, these people missing limbs, all, all of that type of stuff. And you see regret in his eyes that he regrets the war, like... He shouldn't have been there. This kind of a theme that I gathered from the film is... I'll get into the theme after after I've done a, a rundown of the film. Then we get another scene, like, pre-Vietnam, of, like, one of the weirder moments of the film, of them helping a dog catcher. It's like some big fat guy like cartoon looking he's got one of those he's got a massive net trying to catch dogs they catch a load of them and then they're driving down the road and some guys like shouting at them saying yo yo you got my dog in the back of your car what you doing uh and they turn they they eventually arrive at some weird like abattoir there's like dead horses and looks like skin dogs and stuff like that 
and they they <laughs> they ain't into it. I weren't into it watching it. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, yeah, and they let the they let the dogs go free. Good on them. Good on them. Don't they skin dogs? Some barbaric shit. Um, and then we see a cat sneaks into a Birdie's house and shoot like gets gets one of his canaries in its mouth and you think it's dead a birdie like gives it mouth to mouth which is pretty weird but the bird lives uh, next all i've got in my notes is cage loses his shit this happens a lot there's a video on youtube that's just called cage loses his shit so it's not unlike the guy but he runs off out of the cell and the nurse follows him. They have a weird moment where he tries to kiss her and goes straight for her tits. Again, it's the third time in the film we've seen Cage titting someone up. Like, something wrong with a guy. Leave him alone. Then we get to possibly one of the weirdest moments in the film. I've got written in my notes here, does Birdie want to fuck birds? He has this dream about birds and I'm pretty sure he comes his pants. He has a wet dream over birds. It's fucking weird. Um, he wakes up in the morning and the birds are having chicks. They hatch. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. It's real fucking strange. Um... Birdie's forced to go to the prom because his parents are like, you need to do something normal. He looks awkward as shit at the prom. He doesn't look interested in his date at all. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, the uh, the band are playing uh, Rockin' Robin. And after the prom, it's probably one of the most awkward moments I've seen. Uh, Birdie sat in a car with his date. And she says, you've been really nice to me. I know you probably didn't want to, but you can have your way with me. And then he, I would say tits her up, because all he does is literally, it's like he's weighing her boobs. He just literally wobbles them about in his hands for a moment or so. Um, And then they go, like... It's another moment where you see he's just not into he's just not into that stuff. He's more into this type of thing. He goes home, gets naked in his bird coop, kisses one of the birds, falls asleep, and has a dream which I guess is him thinking he's flying. It's the camera zooming about like the neighbourhood and stuff like that just looks like a guy running with a camera up until the point where it kind of soars up into the sky like a crane shot yeah it's (laughs) it's fucking weird then we get like um we get to see like a flashback of cage and nam we see actually what happened to his face and um yeah, it's, it's fucking brutal, man. It's real brutal. Like, like as I said earlier, this film is thematically all over the place. You have this kind of light-hearted coming-of-age stuff with them, like, looking for pigeons, and obviously this moment with the dog catcher, them 
building a car and stuff like that. But then you have moments like this, obviously, it's almost reminiscent of something like Full Metal Jacket or Platoon, something a bit more hard-hitting than what we see in these flashbacks. Obviously, it's probably an intentional thing by the director to just see the juxtaposition of boys going to war. Cage has a moment inside of the hospital where he's kind of starts cracking up and starts to think that obviously he might get locked up as well. He might be insane. The next moment is a few things cut together in quite quick succession of pre-Vietnam with Kate the next morning Cage finds Birdie naked in his cell they have a chat where Birdie believes that he flew in his dreams and Cage had enough he's like you need to quit all this shit you need to quit all this bird stuff and with that you have stuff in the hospital where Cage is told that that's it he's had enough chances he the baseballs arrive and it just doesn't bring anything back out of him it's just not gonna work and also cut with that is a scene of Birdie seeing Cage walk off the war and one of his canaries follows him and then flies back and smashes through the window and Birdie is distraught. We then see a scene that you hadn't seen before of Birdie in Vietnam himself and what actually happened to him and he was in a helicopter crash and he just screams for ages Then we come to like the finale of the film really where um, Birdie actually talks for the first time but won't do it in front of anyone else apart from Cage and he tries to show the Doctor and um, he just won't do it and obviously the Doctor won't believe Cage, he thinks he's he's gone insane as well and he has a breakdown, he holds Birdie, he says he's not going to leave, he's come to terms with the idea that the war has changed him and he can't face the outside world of what's happened to his face obviously the war has changed them both which i feel is a part of what this film was trying to talk about but the ending the ending of it really really left me confused so i kind of left it a few days because i don't know this one compared to the other the others were all pretty straightforward this one's a real mindfuck like I'd recommend watching it just out of the idea of just seeing what it's about, seeing what seeing what you guys. If you watch this, like, please get in touch with me uh, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or email me because I'd really like to hear what you guys have have to say about it. But yeah, when it comes to the ending, all of a sudden it's like an action film. 
Cage is rumbling with the guards there. He's like fighting people off. Him and Birdie try and make a run for it. They make their way to the roof. Birdie looks like he's going to jump off. You think he's going to be really sad? You think he's killed himself? He hasn't. He's just jumped off of a bigger roof onto a smaller roof. Cage runs up and says, oh, Birdie, or something like that. To which Birdie replies, what? And I just... It's just such a light-hearted ending for something which, like, has been an emotional roller coaster to some degree. It's, yeah, as I said, it's thematically all over the place. Like, I spoke to people about this film. They said, yeah, I really, I, I really like it. It's really good. I didn't. I, I can't come to the grip with it. I couldn't find out what the film was trying to tell me. Like, I thought about it and thought maybe, like, the idea of it was that you can't send boys to war or that war will change people. But Birdie already had that in him. He looked mentally unhinged. Obviously, that might be another angle in which he's trying to say that the testing for people, they didn't really like conscribing people to the army or whatever just doesn't work. There wasn't the things in place to make sure that mentally unwell people weren't sent to war obviously we see a lot of the stuff in regards to what war does to people in the way that it's left both birdie and cage jaded in that they don't want to face the real world anymore so yeah guys this one's been a tough one like i'd say this is probably the first time so far it's had me doubting this whole thing like i'm feeling like shit we're five in we've got however many to go like i'm just hoping it's gonna get better let's get on to a little feature i like to call cage quotes for those of you who don't know cage quotes is just quotes from the film that stood out to me as either funny or fucking mental so let's go with the first one this is a scene i mentioned in the rundown of the film which is what i'm gonna call the tea speech let's roll it don't you know you took your great jokes on her see that's what i don't understand now what's the big deal we're just overgrown mammary glands mammary glands mammary glands <laughs> no we're talking tits here! Big tits, round tits, fleshy tits. Seems like a lot of Full dumb development to me, Adam. I mean, women have to carry me around. Don't know what you're missing. That girl, Shirley, I didn't even have to ask her. She just lifted her shirt and put my hand under it. And then she undoes her bra for me. And I start feeling the whole tit, nipple and all. Ow. 
just poking the tongue down. Now. And then I'm reaching down with my hand. Now. I'm working my way down. She's working. That's your 53 forward back. This moment had me in absolute pieces. It's just the delivery, like, <laughs> his whole idea of, obviously, this is what he thinks women want in life. It gives you a real insight into his character. Um, yeah, let's move on to the second clip, which is a real good piece of acting from Kate. This is a moment where he loses his shit. Time's running out. I'm not giving up on you. I'm going to get you to talk to me, even if I have to punch you out. I'm not kidding around, Bertie. I can't hold Weiss off anymore. I almost told him about the flying yesterday. God damn it, why can't you listen to me? You want to fly? Who lets you fly? He's going to send you air freight to some giant cage in a full-time nuthouse. So you'll probably send me two. We're going to have feeding purchase. Cut the whole fucking deal. Maybe your mom will even dig up your old pigeon suit. And Weiss can sell you to a side to an Atlantic City. You can double bill and send me the fish. All right, Bertie. It's time to start flapping your wings and peeping. I don't believe it, you know. If you really want to spend the rest of your life as a bird, then at least be consistent. Look at you. You don't hop like a bird. You don't really sit like one. And you sure as hell can't fly like one. You don't like what I'm saying, Bertie. Why'd you just tell me to shut up? You always were hard to hurt, Bertie. Real losers never hurt. Oh, here you go. Here comes Hannah to feed you. You like that, don't you? What are you doing, Al? I'm going to watch you feed him. It's fun watching him be fed. He's cute when he's fed. Will you stop taunting him? Look, he's reacting to me. He's giving me that pissed off look. You're pissed, aren't you? Will you stop, baby? This isn't working. How do you know? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? You fucked it up. Why'd you have to come in here? Because I work here. He's part of my job. Yeah? Well, he's part of my goddamn life. This third and final one isn't so much uh, funny or, like, profound. It is just the moment when Cage loses his face, when he gets blown up. It's a real dramatic, like, full metal jacket-style scene of, like, shit blowing up, and you just get to hear him. You just get to hear him scream, basically. (laughs) So that's it, guys. That's it for Cage Quotes. That's it for this episode of the Cage Zim Podcast. Um, I've been your host, Petrus Pat Silvus. Just want to say a quick thing of, um, obviously, as always saying these podcasts, um, like, subscribe, and rate on iTunes. That would be great. Uh, If you don't don't subscribe to uh, iTunes in any way, you you don't like Apple products, you can always listen on Acast or Stitcher or on SoundCloud if yeah you want to do it like that but yeah share with a friend like if you think someone would be into this let them know um obviously get in touch like I'd really like to hear from some of you guys like any things you've noticed in these films that I might not have noticed or whether you think the podcast is good or not like I'm open for constructive criticism like I must admit, like, I find it hard sometimes speaking 
in a room on my own. I think I've mentioned it in the last podcast. I'm really looking forward to episode 11 when I get to start having guests. That's going to be really fun. So again, yeah, the Facebook, Twitter and Instagram are all at Caged In Pod. And the email is cagedinpod at gmail.com. Um, any of your Nicolas Cage DVDs, obviously there's Amnesty, get in touch and let me know if you'd like to donate any. I'm really looking forward to episodes I've got coming up. Uh, next week is The Boy in Blue. Uh, again, this is another one I have no idea what it's about. All I know is it's got our main man, Nicolas Cage, in it. So, guys, I just want to say thanks for listening. I've been your host, Petrus Patsilovus. I've been caged in. You've been rad. Catch you later. I really know what it feels like to fly. Oh, you flew? How you flew? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Copeland Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.